Well, good evening. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal Church, and we're so glad that you joined us here. Hopefully, you've warmed up a little bit since you first came in with all that singing and all that sort of stuff. We, uh, we're launching into a new sermon series, and, and as we kind of kick off into January, that will run from now until the end of January, and it's called Prayers for the Church. We actually did a series like this a couple years ago um, when we were in the Lions Hall or somewhere in between, and um, we're a little bit of, we've been a little bit nomadic the last couple of years, um, but we did a series a couple of weeks ago, a couple of years ago called Prayers for the Church, and we're going to do another sermon series like that across our three campuses. So if you're unfamiliar with us here at Coastal, we're part of Yarmouth Wesleyan and South Church. We have three campuses, but we're one church, um, and we work together. We have, we have the shared vision, which we'll talk about here in a second, but we're on mission together to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. That's why we do what we do. And so we're kind of working through this series together called Prayers for the Church. And it's designed to give an opportunity for each of the pastors at our local churches to share things that they've been praying about specifically. I mean, we're praying about all different kinds of things. But as it relates to vision, there's things as your pastor I'm praying into for this church. I'm praying some great big home run swing prayers for this church. Because I believe in a great big God that does great big things. And so there's things that are on my heart for this church for the short term, for the long term, and everything in between. And so it gives an opportunity to kind of dive back into vision and share a little bit of my heart. And so across our three campuses, AJ will be doing that, Tom will be doing that at each of the campuses. And it gives us an opportunity to speak to not just big picture things that apply to all three campuses, but stuff that maybe just applies to Coastal. There'll be stuff I'm sharing over the next number of weeks that is specific to here. And so that's kind of where we're going for the next number of weeks. But we're going to be talking about vision. It's all going to be wrapped in the package of vision. And I'll say it once and I'll say it again because this is the idea that vision leaks. And often you have to repeat a vision over and over and over again until people get sick of hearing it. And at that point, you're probably only halfway done saying it enough. So are you sick of me saying the vision statement over and over again the last three and a half years for those you've been here that long? Well, we're probably about halfway there. Our vision, and this is so much more than just a tagline, by the way, that I'm so passionate about this. Our vision is to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. That's our mandate. Across our three campuses, we are called by God. We believe God has given us the mandate Every single itty-bitty community in Southwest Nova, it's our call and responsibility to take Jesus into that community. That's our vision and mission. So some of us hear that, and maybe it does something in your heart. You're like, yep, definitely called to be part of that. No questions asked. I feel like God, and maybe this is new. Maybe this is all of a sudden, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard that vision because maybe you're new to the church, but you're hearing that. It's like, ooh, something is happening on the inside of me. Good. If something's happening inside of you, you're probably called to be part of that vision. And that's probably why you're sitting in this church tonight because God doesn't do accidents. <laughs> Our God is a very purposeful God. Amen? He does things on purpose. So you're here for a reason. So our vision is to do that, but so what? what, what why does it even matter that we're taking in Jesus in every community of Southwest Nova? Like, 
What happens when we actually walk out the vision of taking Jesus into every community of Sawas Nova? Well, over the past couple of years, we've watched God do some amazing things. It's January, if you haven't already figured that out yet. And four years ago, this month, we were doing a service in the high school, in the cafeteria, in a snowstorm. And 189 people showed up. And God started then the process of transforming lives. And some of you are sitting in this room because you're one of the lives that was changed by the gospel of Jesus because this church got started. Not all of you, but some of you. Some of you are in this room tonight because you felt a burden from Jesus to see the lives that are in this room changed. Changed. So you served and sacrificed and gave up quite much to be part of what God's doing. And some of you, over the last four years, at one point in time or another, your mind and attention was captivated by God to saying, I feel called to be part of what God is doing here at Coastal. And so whether it's this week's your first week and all of a sudden you're showing up like, whoa, what's going on here? Or you've been here the whole long journey that we've been on, God, God has called you here. You're here on purpose. There's a reason why you're here. And the big part of that reason is because you may be called to be part of the vision that God has for us here. I mean, you're just here and you're just visiting. We bless you. If you're part of another church, go be a blessing to our church. You can come up here as much as you want, be poured into, be encouraged, be blessed, but go back and serve your pastor and serve your church. You're always welcome to come and it's okay. But some of you in this room, and I'd say a lot of you in this room, feel like Coastal's my home. I feel called to give to this vision, and I want to see that fleshed out. I want to see lives changed by Jesus because it matters. Because when we walk out this vision, stuff happens. Lives get changed. And not just like three years ago, we talk about the old days and think about, oh, man, back in the day, it was so good. So many people were there. We were in the high school, and they were in the Lions Hall. They were in the Colonel Club, back in the Lions Hall. Now we're here. Told you, we've been around. And it was awesome. Every season, God showed up, and he did some really, really cool stuff. Some of y'all got saved. Some of y'all got baptized. Some of y'all, God did a fresh work in your life, and he met you, and you have been growing in your faith, and God has done amazing stuff. And how many know God's not done yet? Does it sound like I haven't preached in like four weeks? God's not done yet. And the really cool part is God is still doing stuff, Amen. Amen? Amen? We'll get there, church. We'll get there. I marvel at what God's done even more recently. The stories that, and I don't think, a lot of you in the community probably already know this because he's probably already told you. <laughs> but Steve got saved last week. He's not in the service here tonight, but he's been messaging people and telling people, and he came up forward last night, last week here and accepted Jesus for the first time. Steve Brandon. Our brother, Kevin, who gave me permission to share this, got saved a couple weeks ago. And there was a person in our service that was actually standing right here in November. And AJ was preaching. And he asked God to fill him with the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm not a crier, but God did something inside of my heart. And I just felt totally filled with the love of God. And God changed me. And no, none of these people are perfect. They're not going to be perfect. But what I'm giving testimony here tonight is, is that God is still changing lives. 
and he's changing lives in and through this church. That's why we take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. And that guy, his wife testifies that this guy is really different. He's changed. And if someone that lives with you every single day notices and gives testimony to the change, I think perhaps a change has happened, amen? God is still changing lives, and I marvel at it. That's why we take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. Now, maybe it's helpful for us to think of it this way. What if we don't take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova? What if we were just to stop right now? Last service, Sunday night, we're done. What are the consequences if we give up? <sighs> you know, there's... There's families that visit their kids here every day here at Coastal that wouldn't be using our space. There's people struggling with addictions and hurts and habits and hang-ups that, that wouldn't have ministry and support and someone to talk to. There's couples who believed their marriage wasn't going to make it that wouldn't have people to say to them, God has a plan. There's individuals who have experienced grief and loss who wouldn't have the support and need to help people walk them through their grief their mental struggles, or whatever they're going through. If we give up, people won't and wouldn't have got grounded in their faith and be part of a faith community. We take Jesus because God has clearly given us a burden. I mean, that is why you're here, right? Many of you feel called to go coastal your home because you share the burden that we have. Many of you have given up so much to be part of this community, to carry this burden. I think about our launch team that started off those four years ago, and many of them were called out of their faith community and their families of churches to come and be part of this vision. They sacrificed so much to see this reality right here, right now. But it was all worth it because they had this unshakable burden to see the lost people that didn't know Jesus and the people that maybe were turned off from a traditional church or hurt by the church, to see a church established that reached the unchurched. That was their burden, and it cost them a ton. And many of you here since that day call this church your home because you believe God is doing something in and through this church. You feel that same burden. And burden is often the birthplace of vision. You know, it's important for us to go back to that birthplace to remember, remember why. Why are we doing what we're doing here? Is it all worth it? Many of us in this room know our vision, but it's easy to kind of lose that passion because vision actually leaks. Vision runs out over time. You lose that passion. You lose that focus on the vision that God's given us. That's why it's important for us to dive back in like we're doing right now. 
Let me ask you a question. At some point in time, at whatever you were in the journey, do you remember what compelled you to become part of our vision here at Coastal? Do you remember? What was the thing or the things that sparked something in your heart and you said, I've got to be part of this? There's something happening that God is doing here, and I feel compelled. What was that thing for you? What was that thing? Maybe it was a thing that broke your heart. I bet you for a lot of you, it was a burden. It was a stirring in your heart that something must be done. It's kind of like a guy in Scripture named Nehemiah. Nehemiah is maybe an unfamiliar Bible story to you, but it's an amazing story that starts off with a guy with a burden for his home country. This is what the Bible says to start off Nehemiah chapter 1. It says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Shislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Han and I, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and his gates are destroyed by fire. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. A burden is often the birthplace of vision. And what do you do in most of your burdens when you get a burden? Most of us bring our burdens to the Lord in prayer. You know, the scripture says, cast all your cares upon him and, and bring your burdens to the Lord. Most of us bring our burdens to Jesus, and that's exactly what Nehemiah does here in this passage of scripture. He brought his burden to the Lord, and he said, because the Bible teaches us that he sat down and wept and mourned for days with this burden. And he says, I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You see, it's in a place of prayer and fasting when, when God puts a burden on our spirit that as we pray and fast and seek God, that God begins to grant favor and blessing. And that's exactly what happens here in this passage of Scripture. The Bible teaches us that Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. He's the one who would provide drinks, and Nehemiah would actually test the drink out before the king would drink it, because if it was poison, Nehemiah would take the hit. That was the job of a cupbearer. Great gig, right? Legit, that was his job. And so he would come before the king every single day because the king liked to drink. And one day, Nehemiah appeared before the king sad. And the king noticed it. Matter of fact, the scripture teaches us that the king said to Nehemiah, you've never appeared in my presence sad. What's the, what's the problem? And Nehemiah prays to the God of heaven, and Nehemiah shares his burden with the secular king about the state of his home city, that the walls were torn down, that the people were, had no security from enemies and raiders and marauders and so on and so forth. And then Nehemiah, with the courage and wisdom that God had given to him, begins to share the need for a wall to be rebuilt. You see, it's when Nehemiah fasted and prayed and brought his burden to the Lord that God actually downloaded into Nehemiah this vision because he gives in great detail to the king exactly what needs to happen. It's in times of prayer and fasting when you bring this burden to Jesus that God begins to download vision into your spirit. 
He shows you what you're supposed to do. And so when Nehemiah appears before the king and the king notices the burden on Nehemiah, Nehemiah is unable to share the vision he has because God had given him this vision. And I thought about, as I was reading this, about the king noticing Nehemiah's burden. Do people notice our burden? The king noticed Nehemiah's burden, but do people notice our burden of taking Jesus into every community of Sawas Nova? Do people notice that? And maybe, maybe we need to ask God to break our hearts for the things that break his. Maybe we need to pray those dangerous prayers because vision leaks and we've lost that passion to see more and more people come to faith in Jesus because God's not done yet, right? Right? There's still stuff he wants to do. And so burden, if you're burdened tonight for this community, you're burdened for loved ones, you're burdened to see this vision fulfilled and see lives transformed by the gospel, often that is the birthplace of vision. And then God takes you from there. He takes you as you begin to pray and fast and seek God for this community As you begin to pray and intercede, and yes, even fast, spend some time. Jesus said there's some demons that only come out through much prayer and fasting when the disciples could not have the power to cast out this demon. And there's some mountains that need to be moved, not just with prayer, but with prayer and fasting. I don't like fasting, but it puts us in a position to receive something from God that's supernatural. It does. It's a thing. And so when we begin to pray and fast, God begins to put stuff inside of us. And he changes our burden. Our burdens end up becoming passion. Because God transforms our burden into passion. It's not just a burden that we feel for the community. God begins to stir our hearts and fills us with his passion. Like he did with Nehemiah. And people tend to notice people of passion. The king actually noticed Nehemiah, his burden and his passion. And as a result, he was granted favor. The king actually resourced this whole project. Pretty amazing when you think about it. You know, passion is the fuel that drives vision. When you have passion for a vision, it gives you the energy and resources necessary to get the job done. Let me just use an illustration to do the counter thing. Ever been in a job you've got no passion for? Mm-hmm. How's your energy and resources for that job? You love going to work? Find you got all kinds of energy? All kinds of inner resources to get the job done? Or not so much? Now, let's flip the coin here. Do you ever have a passion for what you do? Do you ever feel like, Going to work is not going to work because it's something that you love to do. Something that you're passionate about. See, passion fuels you. Now, when we get into God's passion, when God begins to put his passion inside of you to do something specific, it's altogether different because it's supernatural. And it becomes the fuel. You begin to have the inner resources, the power within you to carry out the burden that God has put on your heart. And that's exactly what happened to Nehemiah. Matter of fact, with Nehemiah, God had given this guy so much passion 
to fulfill this job, and you see it in his heart that he was able to push through so many adversities. He had these guys that were constantly mocking, accusing him, trying to set him up, trying to have private meetings to like tear him down. He had hostility within with his own people and hostility on the outside. He had all kinds of adversity. But he was a man of God's passion, and his passion actually fueled him to execute the vision in the face of adversity. Matter of fact, the Bible actually teaches us that Nehemiah, at one point in time, I'm going to put my mic down. He had to have a weapon in one hand and a hammer in the other. They were rebuilding the wall, and Nehemiah had to instruct all the people to have a weapon in one hand and a hammer in the other. They had to build with one and have a weapon in the other. And i got to tell you, at times, over the last number of years, as we've sought to serve God and fulfill the mission that God's having us, it's often felt like there's been something we're building in one hand, and at the same time, we've been fighting off the attacks of the enemy. So I want to tell you something. Like, over the last four years, there's been all kinds of spiritual conflict against us, against Coastal. And it makes sense. Because God's doing stuff through here, right? And I want to tell you, that picture that I read this week about the hammer in one hand and the sword in the other, I was like, man, it certainly has felt like that. Because it has been a battle as we've sought to fulfill the vision that God has for us. And guess what? We say this with all humility and trust and grace in God. We are not stopping. We're not stopping. We're going to keep on building no matter what comes. Because Jesus <laughs> stepped out of that tomb. He sent the darkness running when he stepped out of that grave. We have the victory, the Bible teaches us. And God transforms our burden into passion. And God doesn't just give passion for no reason. I mean, we've all seen passion in people that is not good. This isn't purposeless passion. This isn't just someone that gets really excited or follows a certain thing or like gets really, really wired up about something. God pours his passion out for a reason. There's a purpose in why God gave Nehemiah passion. God mobilizes passion into purpose. He gives his passion for a reason and passion becomes the driving force that helps see the purpose that God put in your heart fulfilled. That's what we see happen in Nehemiah. And people notice that. People notice when someone has a passion for a vision. When you're on fire for a particular purpose or cause. If you set yourself on fire, people will come to watch you burn. And when God sets you on fire with passion, he does it on purpose. You see, the reason why God gives you passion is to fuel his purposes. Passion is contagious. Can I say that word in 2023 now? Are we safe? Contagious, is that okay? Just checking. Passion is contagious. And God designed passion to be a rallying cry for, through Nehemiah for the people of God so they could rally to a particular cause. And chapter 3, it's amazing as you look at chapter 3 because 
in chapter 3, everyone is given a different section of the wall to work on. Everyone's given one section the whole way around Jerusalem. And they're rallied to this calling at times, fighting with one hand and building with the other to build this wall. It's amazing. Everyone had a specific part to play in rebuilding the wall. And in the same way, every single one of you in this room that feel that burden that God is downloading his passion into, you feel called to be part of this church family. You feel called because you feel called to be part of this vision. You have a part to play. Every single one of you that are here. I prayed with a, a guy last week, and um, he's an older gentleman, and he had his son kind of correct him because he felt like he didn't have a part to play because he was 70, and he came up for prayer, and he's like, I just want God to use me. I just, like, I received that rebuke, and I just want God to use me with whatever he wants to do. And I said, amen. I said, Moses never started full-time ministry until he was 80. So whether you're young or whether you're old, in this room tonight, if you feel called to take Jesus in every community of Southwest Nova, you have a section of the wall to build on. You have a part to play. There's something that God specifically wants to stir your heart to do. And God wants to mobilize passion into purpose. It's the things that God's stirring, that passion he's stirring inside of you, it's for a reason. There's purposes that God has in his heart that he wants to work through your life, your unique gifts, and your unique strengths. Because God fulfills purpose through his people. God fulfills purpose through his people. I listened to a podcast this week of a guy named Patrick Lencioni. He was talking about his faith in Jesus. And he, uh, he wanted to serve in his church, but the person that uh, asked him, it was uh, his priest had asked him if he was willing to stack chairs and, and, and set up chairs. And here he is like a, a business CEO and and, and, and a guy with incredible leadership skills. And he was very happy to stack chairs and set up chairs, but what he really wanted was someone to use the gifts that God had given him. And sure, we all have the humility to stack chairs, but I think we have a limited view of the church and how God wants to use our gifts. We use them in the business world, but maybe we say, oh, I don't have a spot because I don't fit here. I just want to say that, God has given you those gifts he's given you for a reason. He doesn't want you to sit on them. They're unique abilities that God's given you. They're there for a reason. And God wants to unlock them to see his purposes fulfilled. Because God fulfills his purpose through people. I love this in this passage of scripture that, like, Nehemiah, the job actually got done. Like, they finished the wall. That's what the scripture says. So the wall was finished on the 20th day of the month. You know one of my pet peeves? It's vision or mission statements that never, never have any indication of when you got the goal. It's like playing a sports game, but there's never any winner. There's never any ending. But when God starts something, he finishes it, amen? And on the cross, the work was finished right? When God starts something, he finishes it. He who began a good work inside of you will bring that work to completion. 
What God starts, He finishes. Amen? God started to build a wall. That wall got finished. God has started to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. He's not done yet. But He wants to finish that job. Amen? And He wants to do it through. He wants to do it through us. You have a part to play because God fulfills his purpose through his people. I think back to the scriptures. You might be saying, yeah, but God can do it anyways, can he? Well, God wrote this whole book through people inspired by the Holy Spirit. We think back into the scripture about different stories of people that God used. And not just individuals. God raised up leaders to lead peoples. We think about Abraham and Jacob and Joseph who were called by God and inspired with vision. But their whole calling was to lead a people, not just a person. And we look throughout the scriptures and we look at Joshua and Moses and Samuel and David. We look at all these different stories. They were called to lead the nation. We look at Ezra and Nehemiah, and they were called to lead exiles. This isn't just about one individual. This isn't just about me or some pastor or some leader. This is about God leading a people into his vision that he has. And that you are called to play a significant part in. You have a section of the wall to do. Because God fulfills his purpose through people. And God wants to fulfill the purpose of Coastal to take Jesus in every community of Southwest Nova. You have a part to play in that. The starting point is at the burden, because burden is the birthplace of vision. And as we fast and pray and wait on God, and maybe you need to do that, maybe you've lost that passion, you've lost that vision, maybe you need to spend time fasting and praying, saying, God, give me a fresh vision for what you've called us to do, because God transforms our burden into passion then God mobilizes our passion into purpose where we're driven to fulfill something. And finally, God's purposes are fulfilled through his people. The question that maybe you have burning in your heart right now is, okay, what do you want me to do? I got you. I'm hearing you loud and clear. What's the task that I'm specifically supposed to do? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Not yet. I'm praying over the next number of weeks that God would make it crystal clear to you or at least give you the next steps for what you ought to do specifically. But before we do any tasks to help see this vision fulfilled, the first thing, the first task that needs to happen is we need to let Jesus know that we're available. Because God is going to ask some of you to sacrifice and serve in ways you never have before. And if you don't get your heart ready, you won't be ready for your yes when the time comes. You hear me? (laughs) So that's why in this place tonight, I really felt like the Lord said, don't give them tasks. Don't give them things to do just yet. That might come. The thing that God wants right now tonight is your yes. Are you available? Are you willing to say, God, whatever you want me to do for your purposes, God, would you do it? Have your way in me. I'm available. Here I am, God. You can have everything. You can have it all. 
My yes is ready in advance for whatever you want to do because changed lives matter. Stories like Steve and Kevin and lives that have been changed over the last number of years and the lives that are going to continue to be changed through this church matter. Amen? So here we are, God. We're available, Father. Would you come? Would you stir our hearts afresh? And we just say, Lord, I just say in this place, God, I'm available, Lord. Whatever you want to do in this community, whatever you want to do in and through my life, I give it all to you. So come, Jesus. If you're here tonight and you want prayer tonight, I invite you to come forward for prayer as we sing this song. There's things you need to surrender. Feel free to come up. But as we sing this song of praise, in your own heart, would you say, Lord, I give my yes to you. God, would you set my heart on fire with your passion? And would you help me to give you my yes? Yes to the things you want to do in and through me. God, we welcome your spirit. Come and stir us afresh, we pray. In Jesus' name.